Groove Cafe is powered by equity. Dial star 247 hash and open an equity account instantly. Anytime, anywhere, any phone. Star 247 hash. Groove Cafe. It is the Groove Cafe right here on RX Radio. I am Crystal, always excited to hear from my guests and learn from their stories. Now, the Groove Cafe is brought to you by Equity Bank. Remember that you can open up a bank account on any phone. All you have to do is dial star 247 hash. It's as simple as that. Joining me today, I have a pastor with Watoto Church, a profound keyboardist, a music director, creative arts director, and a proud father and husband. I have Pastor Graham Tugume on the Groove Cafe. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. My pleasure to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing great today. Uh-huh. Beautiful day in Mbarara. You're in Mbarara at the moment? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Are you there for work? Yes. I pastor the Mbarara campus of Watoto Church. Okay. How long have you been based there? Under two years. It will be two years in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so far, we're loving it. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. The people are amazing. Okay. And mm-hmm. I think you've been with Watoto more than a decade, is it? Yeah. Maybe over 20 years. Oh, my. <laughs> so so it's the face of music for more than a decade, should I say? Yeah. There was a season when that was true. Okay. Uh, I'm now into looking after people. Mm-hmm. And and music is on the back burner, but yes. oh, okay. So, but I know you were a very big part of the Christmas cantata, wasn't it, for the longest time? Yeah, for years and years uh-huh. until 2018. We sort of still uh, participate in the background, just helping the new pastors that mm-hmm. are on board now mm-hmm. uh, to curate the cantata the way it ought to be. Uh, but it's more in an advisory role. It was our responsibility for years. Uh, and now we're, again, like I said, looking after people. <laughs> but I, I mean, over time, your roles evolve and you allow new people to also take on new challenges. Absolutely. That, that is how it's supposed to be, right? Yeah, right. Okay, so can you just tell me about you growing up? Are you Ugandan? Were you born here? Yes, I was born and raised uh in Uganda, in Kampala. Mm-hmm. Our family is an old Bugolobi family. Oh, okay. Uh, and my parents were both in education. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both deceased now, but my dad worked with uh, UNAIB, mm-hmm. but also with the East African Examinations Council before that. Ooh, okay. Uh, he was in that space until until he, he passed. Okay. My mom was a teacher, mm-hmm. uh, starting in Gaza High School and then Chibuli Secondary School. And as she continued to advance in higher education, ended up teaching also at National College of Business Studies, which then became MOOBS. Ooh. And, uh, and then to a host of other universities, KIU, Mkumba, UMI, and so on <laughs> and so forth. I'm imagining there was a very high expectation when it came to education Hmm? from you. It was was unspoken, though. It was just in the water. You Uh know what I mean? It was was something you catch just by living in that house Uh without the pressure necessarily being verbalized a whole lot. By the Uh time she passed, she she was a a doctor, a Mm. PhD uh, in human nutrition and dietetics. Actually, when 
home economics was still an examinable subject mm-hmm. by UNEB, she mm-hmm. wrote its curriculum. Wow. So, I think it should come back. We we need it in the yeah, curriculum. <laughs> I agree. Mm-hmm. Those were the good days. The good old days. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now... Uh-huh. Education was something we caught in the water at home. Okay. Um, do you have mm-hmm. many siblings? I do. I have five. There's six of us. I'm the last born. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Were you and ever so spoiled? We- mm, let's be honest. From one last born to another. Well, you know, the older siblings have exhausted their favor with the parents quite early. <laughs> yes. So when they need something, they, they come send the to last you. one. Uh-huh. <laughs> They send the last one who hasn't yet spoiled anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so that was my life growing up. Okay. Um, and so I have three sisters and two brothers. We are three girls and three boys. Okay. So when did mm-hmm. music become a part of your life? Uh, from from birth, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom always sang in the church choir. Ah, uh-huh, there it church is. of the Resurrection. Okay. My dad had an appreciation for music, even if he was not a musician himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically did whatever he could to to expose us to music. So we attended concerts and did stuff and sang at home and he played the music loud in the house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was also something now we caught in the air. Not in, in the, the air, water. not in the water. With mom, <laughs> it was in the water. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So... Yeah, we all have an appreciation for music. For music. Two, okay. two of us became uh, practicing musicians, if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a big sister who used to play piano. And so when we'd go to visiting day, she was at Gaza High School. One of the things we did in the course of that visiting day was leave my parents. Uh, there was a, a, a time when we take grub to her dormitory uh-huh. and then come back to rejoin them. But on the way back, we always went by the chapel and there was an upright piano in the vestry. Mm-hmm. And so she'd sit me next to her and play something. Oh, wow. Uh, and, like, and it just gave me inspiration to see how what I hear um, is produced. It was actually coming out of this machine, you know, this mm-hmm. piano. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if your home had... You know, you know those calendars that would show three months and maybe the one before or no matter how you set it up, you could see three months at a time. Uh-huh. Yes. Sometimes they're, they're like from the top to the bottom, there'll be the exactly. three sheets. Uh-huh. 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 So when when you'd tear off those sheets as the months progress, uh, by the time you finish the year, you had three blank slots mm-hmm. where those sheets used to be. Yeah. And so as a little child, I used to draw a piano into those blank slots. Oh my goodness. And, and play it in my head as dad plays loud music that we could hear throughout the whole house, even if it was playing from his room. Oh my okay? goodness. Uh-huh. And so... um I want to give the credit to God because mm-hmm. this is a gift. And what I'm about to tell you is a strange thing that I don't tell people all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think you're a big girl, you can take it. Mm-hmm. So this is how it is. The way most people hear music, music comes to them as a sense of, of hearing, right? Yes. I, I see music. Mm-hmm. That is a gift God gave me. 
I see you it. You see it almost like in a mathematical sense, right? Exactly, yes. Mm-hmm. Like when I hear music, mm-hmm. I can see its formation. It is sort of like I am not receiving it through my ears, but mm-hmm. through my imagination. I can visualize it. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that is from when I was maybe five. I could hear the music and could see it. And people don't get it when I tell them I can see the music. I don't get it either. <laughs> because other That's people the... who struggle to read music, they put years uh-huh. into it and it's still so hard. Okay, yeah, get this. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, I, I'm a Budonian, mm-hmm. a period of, of my secondary school. Um, I used to cheat on music exams. Because while everyone else was studying to read the music mm-hmm. and put in painless hours uh, of, 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 you know, practice and practice and practice before an exam would come up, mm-hmm. I would let them do all the hard work and I would bring my superpower to the exam room. <laughs> in preparation for the exam, uh-huh. I would ask you to play the music I'm supposed to be playing. Mm. And those whose sight reading was good would play it and I would memorize it as they play it because I could see it. That is truly a gift. And so the examiner would come in and I would replicate what I had, not for not. I would even turn the pages on cue, but I wasn't reading Jack. Mm-hmm. I could just see it. It was a gift. You could actually see it. And so I scored high marks in, in, in music all my time in school. But it was a gift. It was not something that I learned in a classroom. Mm-hmm. I learned some of the technicality from a, a classroom, but I could see it. I don't know if you hear me. I yes, I, I think it's... Music. You got me thinking about a professor that I interviewed uh, maybe a few months ago. She was talking about raising children and how... Uh-huh. It's so important, if possible, to get your children to learn musical instruments when they're really young because Mm -hmm. it helps them so much with mathematics. Yes, it does. And so there's a close relation there. But wow, you're able to see it. (laughs) I just had a a moment. I think, was it A Beautiful Mind, one of the movies where you Uh can literally just, yeah. (laughs) There you go. So that's how I ended up in the music space because... um, Growing up, fooling around with keyboards and pianos, um, I would assert that a piano is probably one of the best instruments you can use to teach music because it's very visual. Like every note is visible Mm -hmm. right in front of you. Okay, yes. and, And you get better with practice, right? Yes. But being a pianist first helps you understand other instruments. You get what the other person is doing because mm-hmm. you know how you would do it on a piano. Right. So as such, I started to pick up other instruments because I understood what those people were doing. I could pick up a guitar and I was playing a piano in my head as far as the logic goes and then just learn the technicality of playing it as a guitar. So how many uh, instruments can you play? A whole bunch. I play drums, I play bass, I play electric, I play acoustic, I play piano, I play accordion, I play, you know, and on and on and on. I can pretty much play anything you put in my hands. You know, it sounds to me that music for you is like breathing for the rest of us. It was in the water. (laughs) So when did you join Watoto Church? 1999. Okay. How did that happen? Um, I had a gift in music. And Watoto was singing and playing contemporary Christian music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a new Christian at the time. And so I got very interested uh, in 
joining the team, joining the worship team and, and playing along with them. Okay. Uh, and so I was still in secondary school at the time. And so when I was home on holiday, they'd let me play. Mm-hmm. And when I was begun, they'd look forward to when I'm back from holiday. Because at that time, I don't know if you know the Watoto founders, Gary and Marilyn mm-hmm. Skinner. Yes. Marilyn was a profound pianist. Mm-hmm. Herself. Yes. And for many years, she played. And it was a certain level of excellence she expected from other people that you didn't just play at Watoto. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yes. You have to be at a certain level to play there. Mm-hmm. But as a 15, 16-year-old kid, she'd let me play. Okay. I think she also could see this kid has a gift and it's not normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Least, certainly not for a 16-year-old. It's not of the but practice, 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 practice. No, he sort of <laughs> got it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we didn't have a lot of written music at the time. We'd play CDs and she was, of course, having years of experience. Uh, she could also play what we call it playing by ear. By where ear, you can yes. hear something and then you play it back. Yes. But then she would play it back and I would also play back what she played back and even maybe even improve it. Uh-huh. And she's like, man, this guy has a gift. So a bit of a and kindred so spirit there. Mm-hmm. Aha, exactly. So that's how I joined the team. And so throughout university, uh, I was working part-time. We started a, a band as musicians at the church, some four or five of us started a band but the band was a different sort of band mm. each of us was uh, prolific at their instrument so to speak but our primary purpose for having that band was not performance it wasn't for church functions and playing in church we did all of that but it was to replicate ourselves mm-hmm. she'd given us the inspiration to grow other people in the instrument that you play okay and so i did that from 2004 uh i was going to say to 2008 but that's not true i still do it even today (laughs) if i if i run into a musician Uh who's struggling with something i'm gonna find a way to make it simpler for them because for me it's like breathing you know what i mean the teacher in you as well the teacher that you saw in your parents i see that coming out now Uh aha and you're right on the money because I believe that is my primary gift. It's, it's to teach. It is to to take something complex and break it down to its simplest possible form so that mm-hmm. other people can pick it up the way you do. Okay. So you joined as a keyboardist, then you went on yes. to become a music director and a creative mm-hmm. arts director. What did that involve? Uh, it involved, number one, getting... Uh, all the worship at all our celebration points what you'd call branches or campuses uh we had to get them to the same level of musicianship as the mother Uh uh-huh okay and so our first branch was in in tinder which is today uh was planted in, in 2001 or two thereabout it was the first branch outside the downtown campus oh it was yes okay and when we'd just bought the property in which it sits right now, it wasn't yet developed, to get the Tindans or what we call North, that is the northern side of the city, to mm-hmm. get them used to meeting on their own, once a month they would go and have church by themselves at the plaza. The plaza is uh, a, an area near the railway station on Kampala Road. Mm-hmm. Okay? There was a place there where we'd rent it for just one Sunday 
and get them used to the vibe of meeting by themselves because the worship and the quality thereof was one of the biggest attraction factors for the downtown campus. Uh-huh, okay. So, when they first went to North, uh, the worship was not thought through quite thoroughly. Uh, we had some worship leaders who lived in the North, mm-hmm. but they sort of got musicians from within the congregation. Hey, do you play guitar? Come, join. Hey, do you play something? <laughs> and so, it was a ragtag team. <laughs> and so, the people who went to attend it would not like it. Sometimes mm-hmm. they abandoned it and went back to Central. Yeah, they noticed the difference. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So that was the strategy. We said, we are going to take two teams and train them to the same level of excellence. And one is going to play at downtown and the other is going to play at, at north, right? Mm-hmm. But they have different worship lists. The following week, you will not have practice. You will just exchange places. So the team that was at downtown would go to north and the one that was at north would go to downtown. So Brilliant that, strategy. Mm-hmm. That was the level of expectation mm-hmm. no matter where you are playing. Okay. And, that's, and so the band we formed was to replicate more musicians that could deliver that quality of, mm-hmm. of, of musicianship for our worship celebrations. I told you I'm in Ambarara. This is campus number 14. Oh my goodness. And so our yet, total church has grown so big, but we're, we're yes. talking 14 now. Aha, uh-huh, 14. But get this, you will not find a different level of musicianship between the campuses. We have invested years, now 20 plus years, since North is from 2001, uh, to making sure that that standard is maintained mm-hmm. and that the quality of the musicians coming on board uh, is not below par. And sometimes you will take learners and put them with guys who have been playing 10, 15 years so that it pulls them up. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you don't have anyone running out of any of the campuses to a certain particular one where they have better musicians. No, now we have good musicians everywhere. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's the story of how that band was formed and how I ended up in music directing. Okay. In 2010, I became the worship pastor and by default, the worship pastor was the creative director. Uh, and so that means we looked after the worship for the church. We looked after Watoto Children's Choirs, which are world famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these performances all over the world. The global tours the we have, yes. Exactly. And so my wife and I looked after that for a couple of years um, at an oversight level, like high up. Not mm-hmm. in the nuts and bolts anymore. By that time, we were old enough to have our children mm-hmm. uh, running the show down there, and we were just giving strategic direction. Okay. Uh, and we did that up to 2018 when we went to plant Watoto Church, campus number 13 in Entebbe. Okay. So Entebbe is a couple of years old, and then in the middle of the lockdown, we moved to Mbarara to plant number 14. What a journey. Um, this is more than 20 years that you're talking yes, about, more than two decades. Yes, ma'am. And as a pastor, I find that, you know, we come to you with our problems, our issues, our ups, our downs, all of that. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered uh, how you are able to, to take care of yourself as well and to balance that with your mm-hmm. own personal life. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm, I'm interested. Could you let me know how it has been for you? Sure. So... Um, I once battled with that question also because we felt that 
the ministry had a certain pull on us, especially the creative ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we became campus pastors, that got a bit easier uh, because we could we didn't have to be at church uh, beyond hours waiting for people who are also coming from their workplaces mm. to come to the church and put something together, either in form of rehearsal or whatnot. So I asked, uh, I'm not going to take credit for the answer I'm about to give you because I also got it from another pastor Okay. Um, who we were in a, some kind of symposium and someone asked that question in a plenary session mm. and said, how do you balance between personal life, family life and your ministry life? Mm. And the answer went something like this, balance is a lie. There's no <laughs> such thing. As balancing, where you say, I'm going to give oh, dear. 50, 50, or I'm going to give 70, 30, and then that totals 100%. <laughs> Balance is a lie. Okay. But he did not leave us there. He gave us a suggestion that I have since taken to heart and put in practice, and I found that it works brilliantly for me. Mm. And so I am thankful for that opportunity that I had. This is what happened. He said... Whatever your hand finds to do, and this is from the scripture, do it with all of your heart as though you were doing it for the Lord. Mm. And he said, don't try to split the time and say this is 50 and this is 50. He just says, whatever you purpose to do, give it 100%. When you give that sentence legs and feet to run, Mm. this is what it translates to. When I'm at church, I give it a hundred percent. When I am meeting with a person, I give them a hundred percent. When I am on this call with you, there is two people outside my office door waiting to see me, but I am giving you a hundred percent. And and when I'm talking to them, and you had forgotten to ask me one question and call me back, I'm not going to pick up the phone because at that time I'm giving them a hundred percent. Yes, yes. And so my children get a hundred percent when i was going I to ask them. about that i was going to ask because a lot of um a lot of adults now who talk about their time growing up with their parents as pastors sometimes they mm-hmm. feel that they didn't get as much attention because <laughs> absolutely <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, i would agree that that might have been the case had they been older when i was busier mm. fortunately in the time when we were our busiest they, they were, were little too, they were too little they did not know day from night they did not know what day it was they didn't know how long <laughs> you were gone they were yeah. just happy you came home right yes now they're a bit older my eldest is nine and the youngest is seven. Oh. Uh, is six the youngest is six okay so uh now that they're older we are being more intentional with our with our presence mm-hmm. but if i leave church on a sunday afternoon having done two services here in Mbarara. And I said, guys, we're going swimming. Mm-hmm. It does not matter what else is going on anywhere else. They are with their dad, and we are in the water together, and we are swimming laps together. And, we are and that is their time. And that is their time. No mm-hmm. one can take that time away from them. The upside of that is children do not require a tremendous amount of time to feel noticed or to feel appreciated, or to feel your presence. They just need quality time. Yes, I agree. It's not so much about quantity, it's about quality. Because you can have someone who's there all the time, but they're not really focused or with you. Exactly. 
That's powerful. I think it can translate into everyone's life. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. My dad was home a lot, uh, but his presence didn't mean he was with you. He could be doing a crossword puzzle or a Sudoku thing or, you know, so he's around. Meaning if you need him, you know where to find him, but he wasn't exactly with you. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. my kids, when we're together, we are together a hundred percent. So okay. I do not envisage that that's going to be one of their complaints when they grow up. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and thank you again for sharing. I hope a lot of people take that to heart. Whatever it is you do at that point in time, give a hundred percent. Absolutely. So I'm not a good multitasker. <laughs> since, since that time, whatever I'm doing, I'm giving a hundred percent. Well, better that you leave it all there and you do the very best that you can at that point in time than than less on so many different things. Okay, well, well, thank you, Pastor, for joining me. Oh, wow, what a journey. When you look back, uh, what do you think has really helped you get to the point where you are now? What is your mantra? What what is your personal philosophy in life? Uh, One of them... uh, was that that I've just said, giving 100% to everything you put your hand to. Yes. Uh, I would say over and above that is uh, not everybody comes out of the box perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was certainly imperfect. I probably still am and still growing in a hundred different ways, but I'm not who I used to be back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I am here now because somebody gave me a chance. Somebody took a chance on me mm-hmm. and they had no assurance I wouldn't screw it up. Yeah. They just took a chance and said, if he makes something of himself, to God be the glory. If he messes it up, we tried. It's not because we didn't let him. Mm-hmm. So I found myself giving chances to people who are up and coming. Mm-hmm. And I have no assurance whether they'll blow it or make it. If they do, I don't need the credit. Mm-hmm. I, in some ways, I don't want it. I just <laughs> want you to make something of yourself in the space in which uh, you are inclined. You know what I mean? So if it's, yeah, a, yeah. If it's as a musician, I'm going to give them chances even when they're still learning. But I'm going to hold their feet to the fire and I'm going to bring pressure. <laughs> and I'm going to bring the very best they can be out of them. Yeah. And if one day they are on a radio interview with you 10 years from now, and, and you ask them that question and say, hey, what's your mantra for life? In through what lenses do you say it? I will have succeeded if they say, I'm going to give people a chance. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Pastor Graham Tugume, thank you so much for joining me on The Groove Cafe. It's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Be blessed. And yes, thank you again. Pleasure. God bless you. Bye. Groove. Cafe. Groove Cafe was powered by Equity. Dial star 247 hash. Send money, pay bills, or check account balance. Anytime, anywhere, any phone. Star 247.